So I'm the ham in the John O'Graham sandwich. And what a great place to be. Um, and, you know, I'm really, talking about giving, I'm really not very good at receiving. So I thought it would be sensible for me to explore receiving and giving today. And that's kind of my theme. Um, I'm really bad at receiving presents. My wife has started telling my in-laws, her parents, what to get me for birthdays and Christmas, which apparently is quite a normal thing to do. But I'm like, if you don't know me well enough by now to know what to get me, I don't want it. You know, that's quite harsh, isn't it? That's not like a normal reaction, but that's where I'm coming from. And I've got a form when it comes to being not very good at receiving. As a seven-year-old, this is, this is bad. You, you're going to think I'm awful when you hear this. I remember breaking my mum's heart. She'd um, slaved for the whole year to buy us little Christmas presents. And um, she bought me a Tom Kitten puzzle and colouring book. All right, can you picture Tom Kitten? It's like a Beatrix Potter, Peter Rabbit thing. Really, really sweet. Um, and I was like, it's a little bit babyish, I think. It's a bit babyish, Mum. And she, you know, she took it really well. She took it really well. I didn't get a replacement present, um, but I, I was just struggling to receive this gift from her. Um, my sister, this is another good story. Um, my sister once bought me two crunchies and a tennis ball as a birthday present. Um, uh, you know, that, that didn't land as a gift for me. Her, her logic was impeccable. She said, you know, you play tennis and you love chocolate. Crunchies, crunch the tennis ball. Um, but it just didn't land. Um, so today, partly to hopefully to help me to grow in my gift of receiving, um, I'm really going to explore um, the relationship between receiving and and giving. And because we're at church, we're not just at my house talking about my family. We're going to talk about God and how we receive from God um, and how that might help us to um, give to other people the way that he gives. Um, so let's pray. Jesus, um, we're just delighted to be here with you. Thank you for um, being with us and helping us to worship. Thank you that you have welcomed us into this, into this space. And Lord, I just ask that um, you'll bless the words that I speak and that uh, all the things that come from you, Lord, will just resonate with people. Um, and if what I say doesn't come from you, please let it be really entertaining. Amen. So today I want to ask the question, um, how good are we at receiving? And does that impact the way we give? Now, God is great at receiving stuff. You don't think about God as a receiver, do you? But he is. Think about it. So every single day since the dawn of time, God has been receiving worship uh, from the whole of heaven. That's pretty good. Uh, he's also receiving worship and prayer from about two billion or so Christians in the world. And he's just really fine about that. But he doesn't get all kind of English and like, oh, no, I couldn't possibly receive this. Please, it's too much. You know, thank you, but let's just calm it down a bit. He doesn't do that. He's all over it. He loves receiving worship. Um, Jesus, too, is phenomenal at receiving things. Um, there's a lovely story, which um, if I'd been really organized, I would have given to Bethan um, to read, but I'm not. So, Bethan, come out here, um, and she's going to be my guerrilla Bible reader. There's that lovely story about Jesus in receiving worship, um, which is beautiful. And rather than paraphrasing, Bethan is just going to read it in a loud voice. I was meant to do Natalie's reading and I gave it to her because I didn't want to. So this is great. <laughs> now, when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him 
with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. Beautifully read. And it was in Bethany, and your name's Bethan. It's like meant to be. Incredible. Um, But how good is Jesus there? That's a quite weird scenario. He's at someone's house, and then this amazing thing happens. And he doesn't kind of shift in his seat like I am and get all uncomfortable about it. He acknowledges her extravagant act of worship, and he says, this is beautiful. He says, this is beautiful. He loves receiving. Um, it's, it's very easy for him. It's very simple. It's part of how he's made. What about us? How are we at receiving things? Now, I think there are lots of, um, lots of reasons why we might find it difficult to receive you know, praise and adoration from each other. God is there to be worshipped and praised, which is partly why he's probably so good at it. It's just the natural order of things. Um, Jesus was very good at receiving hospitality. Um, you know, he didn't own anything. He lived with people. He shared their lives. And you never get a sense in the Bible that he struggled with that. How, how do we find it? How do we find receiving things from people? Some of us will have really good, good experiences of that. You know, part of our upbringing will just make us great at receiving. Others, like me, might struggle for various reasons. Um, but today, I really want to ask how we receive from God and whether there are any barriers that we face to receiving that might also impact the way we give. I've certainly had my struggles. Let me tell you a story. A friend of mine received a really generous gift that I found really hard. Um, the gift was a house. Right, now, that's, as presents go, that's pretty epic. Um, they received a house, and my, my thought process was, you know, you're a student, you should be slumming it, there should be mice running around, it should be really difficult we're supposed to be poor and struggling. That's what it means to be a student. You're in your 20s. Nobody owns property in London in their 20s. This is not okay. This is not an okay thing. Um, that was where I started. And my friend really knew it. You know, I was not, what's the phrase? I was not qu- quiet and coming forward. I was not nice about it. I really was like, this is not okay. We need to sort this out. Um, and God really stepped in and he used this episode to tell me a little bit about how he gives. And he said, you know, Rob, the things that I've given to you in your life make this house pale into insignificance. You know, I've given you absolutely everything, and you haven't deserved any of it. And you're talking to your friend and saying that, you know, they don't deserve this house because they're, it doesn't match kind of their life situation. You know, you don't deserve my love. You don't deserve my generosity. You don't deserve the things I give you. And I was like, that's big. And I say it out loud. I say I don't deserve God's love. I don't deserve the good things that God gives to me. And I feel depressed. You know, that doesn't sit well with me. I don't think, yeah, brilliant. I'm totally okay with that. I find that hard um, because, you know, I want, I want to deserve it. I want to earn it. Um, but God is like, you know, this is, this is a no-brainer. Like, you don't deserve what I have to give you. That's not how this equation works. Um, but I'm not, I'm not good at maths. Um, And so God's equations are always very different from mine. He has very different outcomes. Um, Let's look at some equations, and I will talk you through kind of how I... I'll try and visually demonstrate how I see God and giving, and then hopefully God will will see how God does it. Have we got a slide up there which has some words and some pluses and equal signs on? Okay, brilliant. 
So this is how, this is my equation um, when it comes to God giving and me receiving. And this is, I think, why I struggle with my friend. So there's me being good, like doing good stuff, like going to church, whatever. Um, there's God being generous in response to my goodness. And then that equals a really strong sense of achievement in me. I'm like, fantastic. I have done good things, um, and God is responding to my goodness. I feel really happy, um, but it's sadly quite wide of the mark. Like a Slovakian centre-forward. That was a Euro 2016 reference. Thanks. Um, I thought you'd like that. So, so does this make sense to you? This is, this is often how I, how I see things. Um, I'm good. God is generous to me in response to my goodness. Um, and I feel really good about that. Um, the only good thing about that whole equation is that God gets to be good. He's good all the time. So we can keep that. Um, let's go on to the next equation, which is more how God sees things. Okay. So God is awesome and generous because that's who he is. This is his nature. He, he gives you know, that's, it's kind of all the motivation he needs. He's just being himself. This is me being undeserving, which is just okay, because that's normal. You know, my other guerrilla Bible reading is um, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's like the, the basis, and we need to not be worried about that. That's just where we're starting, and then God comes in, and it's all uh, very different. Um, but it's not, I don't need to be embarrassed about the fact that I'm undeserving. Um, and then we've got the reality that God is glorified as he gives. Um, and it's not that he's not glorified in equation one. It's just that I'm not trying to take some of the glory for myself. So he gets more. Now, I, I don't really like equation two. I have to be honest. Um, I don't want to receive gifts because someone else is great. You know, I want to receive things because I'm really good and I've earned them and I've done a great job and I'm being celebrated. That's, that's how I like to receive. Um, and I hope I'm not entirely on my own there. Otherwise, this is like really about my ego. And you guys are like, what is going on? Who is this guy? Um, but I do wonder whether we're hardwired to, to think that way. Um, because if you think about it, you know, you work really hard at, at work and you get paid at the end of the month. You meet all of your sales targets and you get a bonus. You write an amazing film and you get an Oscar. You know, any, no, maybe no Oscars in the room, but we have someone who works in film and TV, so maybe one day we'll have some Oscars being won. Um, or, you know, when, do you do this? I do this. So you spend minutes composing like the perfect hilarious tweet, and then you get double-digit retweets, and you're like, yes, I really earned that. You know, I crafted that tweet. Um, yeah, so I feel like we're hardwired as humans to um, have this connection between endeavor and reward. We work really, really hard, and then we get something good out of it that's in proportion to um, what, we've, what we've done. And this is why we don't like trustafarians. Do you, do you know who, what a trustafarian is? So a trustafarian is someone who has a trust fund. So their parents have done lots of hard work, and they've built this trust fund for their kids. And then the kids kind of live off that and it's great. We don't really like that in our society. I think that we struggle with those kinds of things. We struggle with lottery winners. You know, the Kardashians who have got all of this stuff, they haven't really done anything. We don't, we don't like that because we've got this um, sense that we need to earn. We need to earn what you're getting. I think God is saying, love Kim Kardashian. Um, I also think he's saying, I think he's saying, don't worry about it, you know, because you can never earn the things that are really important. You can't earn my love. So let's just kind of try and move on from that equation. Because 
as I've been preparing this and thinking about it, I've, I've felt really strongly, even more strongly, that it's important for us to know that our worthiness, our sense of our own um, worth, but also our intrinsic, the things that we, we do well or not, just don't come into the equation when it comes to God's generosity towards us. And I feel really strongly that as we understand that more and more, we will understand even better how to give in the way that God gives. Let's go back to our culture and see if we can try and debunk some of the myths. What's the next slide? Yes. You heard this phrase, there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? But I'm here to tell you there is a free lunch with Jesus. There is, there's free dinner, there's free breakfast, there are free snacks, okay? There's lots of free stuff with Jesus. So when someone says that to you, say, actually, have you met Jesus? He loves giving things away for free. He's really into that. Um, what's the next slide? Okay, this is, I hate this one. This is not true. So if somebody says this to you, you need to whip out your Bible and um, go to Mark 2, verse 17, which is really beautiful, and I'm going to paraphrase. It's basically Jesus saying, I came for the sick, not the well. You know, I didn't come for those who can help themselves. I literally came for those who could not help themselves. That's why I'm here. This is, this is not, we need to, you know, not engage with this because it's very, very very inaccurate. But it's a pervasive message. You know, I hear it a lot, actually, more than I would expect to. Um, this whole kind of, you know, we have to be working really hard in order for God to help us. It's just not true. Um, let's see what God does actually say about giving and why he gives. What's our next slide? Ah, yes. So this is just really um, straight to the point. Jesus here is talking to the disciples. And they're just about to go off and do a big mission, um, healing the sick and, you know, feeding people and uh, pre uh, preaching the word. And he says to them, maybe because they're also part of a culture where, you know, you, you earn, you, you earn things, you're supposed to get what you deserve. Um, he says, you've received all of this from me freely, so give it freely. He's reminding them that as recipients, it comes free without conditions. So they should give in that same way, not to expect payment. Maybe he's also saying, you know, don't expect um, a round of applause. You know, don't expect people to be particularly grateful. Give, give, give in the way you've received. So what would it look like if we gave like that? If we knew how freely that we'd received everything, absolutely everything, and that motivated us to give in the same way. If we could give like God, what would that look like? I think it would be amazing. I think it would be transformative, um, and I think we'd really enjoy it as well. But I also think it's exceptionally, it can be quite a difficult thing to do. I was going to say it's exceptionally hard. Um, Praise Jesus, we've got the Holy Spirit who helps us do incredible, incredible things. Um, and when we end, we're going we're gonna to invite the Holy Spirit to help us both receive and, and to give, because I think it's really important. And I know that that's what God wants for us. Um, he wants us to be able to give like he does. But it is difficult. I personally struggle with this a great deal. And we're going to do a little thought experiment, um, just so that we can explore um, what it looks like when... Um, perhaps we're struggling with giving and, and hopefully it will help us think about some of the conditions that we place um, on people as we give. So close your eyes if you want to. 
Um, and just imagine with me that you are walking along Hoxton High Street. A man calls out to you and he's asking for money. You've seen him before. He looks a bit dirty. He probably smells. He's a user. He's an alcoholic. He asks for money. You have some. What do you think? I'll be honest, my first thought is probably, if I give you money, you'll spend it on drugs and alcohol, and I'm probably fueling your destructive lifestyle by giving you cash. You know, do I really want to do that? What do you think? Are there conditions on the money that you give, on the gift that you give? Or do you think, I'm not going to give you anything because I don't think you can meet my conditions? So let's keep our eyes closed. There are, there are lots and lots of responses. Um, I've got a list of nine here, and I've, I've done them all. Most of them aren't that great. You might see yourself in some of these. This is what I might do. I might go over and offer to buy him some food. I might tell him that I don't give money to homeless people. I might ask him where he's sleeping and tell him where the nearest night shelter is. I might give him some money unconditionally. I might give him some money and feel guilty because I know he will still be there next week and he'll ask me the same question. I might ask his name and tell him mine I might ignore him and walk on by because I know he can't live up to my expectations. I might lie and say I haven't got any cash. I might not actually have any cash and tell him this. Okay, open, open your eyes. So somewhere in there, um, you may see yourself. I'm definitely all of those, you know. I find homelessness in London very complicated. When I, when I first came to London, um, I remember calling my mum on the phone, whose presence I'd rejected as a seven-year-old, and, and saying, I just don't know what to do. You know, this is overwhelming. Um, and she's an amazing woman. She said, you know, just at the beginning of the day, decide how much money you're going to take out, and then just give that. And then once it's gone, it's gone, um, and kind of bless people. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow when I see, you know, my homeless friend in the street. It, it could be any one of those things, I'm being really honest. Um, but it is very complicated. I don't think there's a right or a wrong. And definitely, you know, nobody needs to feel um, condemned by the choices that they make because it's just, it's just massive. But what does surprise me, I think, about Jesus is that his response is so simple. For me, this is very, very complicated. But for Jesus as a giver, it's, it's very simple. He says in Matthew 5, give to the one who begs from you. Give and do not refuse. And I could have picked any number of um, examples. We're talking about homelessness because it's, it's quite an easy one for us to engage with. And, and we've probably all experienced um, some of the issues around that. Um, but Jesus is really simple about it. He, he adds no conditions. He doesn't say find out, you know, whether they're going to spend the money wisely. 
He doesn't say, give them something which actually you think they need. You know, he looks like he's hungry, offer to buy him a sandwich. Um, he just says, give to the one who begs from you. And don't refuse. I load onto my giving lots of other stuff, lots of conditions and lots of baggage. Um, and I think that by doing so, and by giving in a way which might seem rational and might seem like the right thing to do, um, I'm sometimes removing from the gift its real power. So this is my hunch. Um, and if you're going to remember anything today, this is what I want you to remember. Um, I think that we can give in the way the world gives and see worldly outcomes, which are good things. You know, uh, if we give money to charity, um, that's a good thing. Good things happen from that. Um, and I think we can give with conditions, and sometimes we should, you know, sometimes we should give with certain conditions. That's the sensible thing to do. Um, if we give as the world gives, we will see worldly outcomes. I think if we can learn to give as God gives, we will see spiritual outcomes because it becomes a spiritual act. Worldly outcomes are good, we want those, but spiritual outcomes are amazing and we really, really want to see those. I think as we give freely, as God has given freely to us, that allows the Spirit to move through that gift and to transform it into something which is truly remarkable. As I come into land, let's look at Jesus, who is the supreme giver. He's very, very good at giving. Um, obviously, he gave his life for all of us. Thank you, Jesus, for that. That's fantastic. But also, in his life on earth, he gave in some really, really fun ways. Um, and I think it's, it's great just to look at Jesus because we can feel quite heavy. You know, I can hear myself talking. I'm thinking, oh, I feel like I'm not giving very well. Um, I'm not receiving well. I'm not giving well. It's all, you know, it could be quite tragic. Um, I think Jesus wants to free us from that. He wants to say, let's give in ways which are um, fun and exciting and which reflect the character of God. And as we give like this, we'll also learn to receive better from God. So I'm just going to whiz through some really quick examples of Jesus giving. This is like the top 10 of Jesus' Jesus's gifts, and you'll recognize these. Um, so blind Bartimaeus, um, Bartimaeus is on the road. He calls out to Jesus. He says, um, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus says, what is it that you want? Now, Jesus is very uh, good at healing the blind. Blind Bartimaeus is, you know, by definition, a blind person. So you'd think it's quite obvious. Jesus engages with him, and he asks him what you want. You can take lots from this, but I'm taking from it. Don't assume you know what people need. Ask them. Ask somebody what they need and engage with them. Another thing you'll see um, threaded through um, the Bible, and um, Paul talks about this, is giving in secret. This is my, one of my favorite things um, of all time. If you haven't given someone something in secret, do it this week. It's liberating and really, really fun. And it's fun finding ways to do it as well because it's quite hard to keep secrets these days. Um, but give in secret. It's a way we're commanded to give in the Bible. So ex explore it. See how it feels. Um, in the Bible reading that we had uh, just before I started speaking, it talked about um, giving cheerfully. Um, and I think that word cheerful can also be interpreted kind of hilariously. So like give like a mad person, like really, really go for it, kind of give in an epic way um, and see how that feels. You know, that's how God gives to us. Let's give like God gives. Give to people you know who don't deserve it. God causes the sun and the rain to fall on the good and the bad. Let's give to people who we think don't deserve it. 
Let's give not expecting to receive anything in return. A compliment, a thank you, return of your loan. You know when you loan someone a book and you, you know, then you go asking for it back. Let's give, let's just give it away. Let's not loan things. And finally, let's give away our treasures. That's really difficult. How do you give away something that you need and you love? How do you give away your iPhone 6S? Is that the most recent one? How do you give away your home? How do you give away your relationships? How do you give away that five minutes in the morning when you have, you know, a flat white and it's just your quiet time before you start the day? How do you give away the things that you really treasure? So this evening, we have been exploring um, what it looks like to receive from God. We've been testing how well, how well we receive, whether we receive um, his grace and his love and his gifts, knowing that we don't deserve anything, knowing that we don't receive because God is giving us what we deserve, thank goodness, but he's giving us because of who he is. He's giving from his generosity. And in the knowledge of that, we've been exploring what it might look like if we gave the way God did, if we gave freely as we receive. So I wanted to end on a high note. Um, do you remember that Oprah Winfrey show where she gave everyone in the audience a car? Do you remember that one? No, she did that. So she gave everybody... So if you all look under your seats, everyone, there's, there's, there's not a car, I'm sorry. I was really hoping, though, to have um, some Harry Boat under there, but Poundland had shut, and it's all getting too dramatic. So just, you know, it would have been fun. You could have had a car or some Harry Boat. Uh, it would have been a free gift, and the message would have been, you know, God gives to everyone freely. You can just imagine that. Um, but we... <laughs> it's the thought that counts. Um, and it's the message on the board that God does give freely, and it's our lifelong mission um, to learn how to receive with greater freedom. Um, it's something that I'm really passionate about. And as we learn to receive with greater freedom, we will give with greater freedom. Um, and we'll all really enjoy that. Shall we stand? I'd really like to pray together and to invite the Holy Spirit to um, minister to us. Um, does that work with communion and schedules and things? Okay, great. Who's leading communion? So one thing that we might like to do is to stand and actually as if we're receiving a gift. So when you receive a gift, you just hold out your hands. So if you feel comfortable doing that, just hold out your hands. It's a way of using our bodies just to um, say to God, we're, we're here, we're ready to receive from you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you.